A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long cube with a bunch of demons. Do you believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. There's probably a, a balance between, I believe you have to know Christ, but I think no. He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. My mission really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God by faith in His Son. Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3 7. Victory in the name which is above every name. No exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme. Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name. Get out here right now. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Master's Dog, episode 81. I'm your host, the Evangelical Norm. So the Master's Dog is podcast dealing with false teachers, um, heretics, atheists, uh, you name it, we deal with it here. Uh, It started out as Faith and Beliefs Refuted and specifically was... This podcast was created to refute the Saints Unscripted, formerly known as Three Mormons, podcast. And they started a segment called Faith and Beliefs. And they started with the LDS Articles of Faith. And so I, my initial was, okay, with the, going through these Articles of Faith, I want to respond to them and show how they're not truly Christian, the issues that are there, and so on. So that's how the podcast started. It was called Faith and Beliefs Refuted. Um... Later on, I decided I really wanted to get into covering other false teachers. There's a lot of stuff out there to be dealt with. Um, So that's when I changed the name to The Master's Dog and expanded to what we are now. Uh, Then I started the segment of this podcast called False Teacher of the Week, which will come out tomorrow morning. Um, 
and that is just going through the intro video talking about each of the the false teachers that are in there so that's a little background on the podcast for those who are new um got a couple of new subscribers this week which i always appreciate um if you're not a subscriber hit that subscribe button hit the like button it helps out a lot uh share with your friends so on if you like if you like it i mean i'm not gonna say share it if you hate it (laughs) um yeah, but if you if you like what you're looking at, well, you like what you're hearing. If this is helpful to you in any ways, please subscribe and share. And let's see if we can kind of grow this a little bit. Uh, but that being said, we are back to our roots today. We are responding to faith and beliefs uh, segment of Saints Unscripted. So again, they've gone far beyond the articles of faith, and now they're into all kinds of stuff. Some of these, and today's episode is one of those where I go, do I really even need to respond? Because it's really nothing, but I made a commitment to respond, and being a man of my word, I want to do that. So, all that being said, we are going to let David talk about Joseph Smith and whether or not he was unconsciously or consciously a hypnotist, um, and if that's how he convinced people of the golden plates and so on. So, let's let David talk, and we'll do what we do, and we'll stop him every once in a while and chat about it. Hey guys, so Joseph Smith claimed to translate the Book of Mormon from an ancient set of gold-colored metal plates, which he had in his possession. These plates were not on public... Okay, again, let's just make a reminder that it is fairly recently that these become co- became called gold-colored in appearance plates, or whatever he just said. When I was a kid, member of the LDS Church, they were the golden plates. We were all convinced that they were made of gold, until we realized, you know, and they realized that it would be impossible for it to be made of gold and be carried the way that he said he carried it. But again, this is a, a new way of describing these because to be golden plates would not work. So now they have to be uh, golden plate type or gold colored and appearance plate type things display for anyone to come and scrutinize but 11 official witnesses and a handful of informal witnesses did testify throughout their lives that the plates were real we've already done a bunch of episodes on those witnesses go watch them if you haven't yet despite their varying life circumstances and i've responded to all of those episodes so if you want to watch my response to those go check them out they will be within uh the, the purview of this podcast, they're going to be either listed under the master's dog or faith and beliefs refuted. Circumstances, none of the official witnesses ever denied their testimony, even after excommunication from the church and alienation from Joseph Smith. In short, it's extremely difficult, even for many critics, to believe that all of these people were part of a lifelong conspiracy. Let me just mention one thing real quick in the fact that he says that none of the witnesses, none of the official witnesses, ever recanted their testimony i don't know that every one of them was ever asked we know a lot of them apostatized or apostatized i can never say that word apostatized from the lds church they left uh some formed their own religion some went back some never went back but i don't know that all of them i mean some of them still maintained that they saw the plates and so on and and again He's going to get into something here that I don't agree with, but I'm not going to say that they did not see something. I just don't know that they saw these plates, and there are some explanations. But whether or not 
they were asked if they recanted them. Some of them may have, and just never it never became a public thing. So, yeah, we can't prove that any of them ever did, but we can approve of. Well, there are some that may up till their deathbed maintain that they had seen them, but we can't prove that some of them didn't actually recant their testimony. As an alternative explanation, some people believe that Joseph Smith had the ability to hypnotize people. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. And it's that theory we're going to take a look at in this episode. Okay. So before he gets into that, let me just make this statement. No serious, apologetics-minded person, Christian, even considers the whole hypnosis thing. It really isn't something that is used as an argument to push against Joseph Smith. There are so many other possibilities of ways he can com- he convinced these uh, witnesses what of what they were seeing. Um, even I wouldn't even rule out demonic visions. That would be that would actually be where I would go directly is to the whole issue of the demonic um, angel of light, you know, devil, the, the book. I can't remember where it is in the Bible. I should always I keep wanting to memorize this verse and I never do. But the, the Bible makes the statement and I know it's there. I just can't remember where that. The devil disguises himself as an angel of light. That is literally how Joseph Smith described uh, his his first visitor, whether it was Nephi Moroni, because it all changed. But he he described being visited by an angel of light. So ruling out the demonic is not uh, is not something I would do. But the whole hypnosis thing. Is not something that I've even that personally, and most of the uh, Christian uh, apologists that deal with Mormonism have ever uh, considered it seriously. Considered it. We've talked about it because it's been, again, it's been put out as a a uh, a possibility, as a suggestion. But the most of, most of us don't think that it's actually anything worthwhile of dealing with. So. The popular anti-Latter-day Saint author Fawn Brody wrote several decades ago that the official witnesses were not conspirators but victims of Joseph's unconscious but positive talent at hypnosis. More recently, Dan Vogel suggested something similar. Smith at least knew of the possibility of one person causing another to hallucinate, perhaps through strong suggestion or something like hypnosis. Initially, I was struck by the claim that not only was Joseph a highly skilled hypnotist, but that he became so unconsciously. Why unconsciously? Well, probably because Fawn Brody was aware that even the term hypnosis wasn't a thing until a guy named James Braid introduced it in the 1840s, well after the witnesses had their experiences. Before that, in its less reputable and more primitive form, hypnosis was called animal magnetism or mesmerism. It was a pseudoscience used in the medical field that was believed to help relieve pain. It was first practiced by Franz Mesmer in Vienna and then Paris, where it gained the attention of King Louis XVI. The king ordered a team of scientists, including the famous American Benjamin Franklin, to look into the practice. Their subsequent 1784 report basically said, yeah, this isn't really a thing, which understandably hurt Mesmer's reputation quite a bit. (laughs) Magnetism slowly regained its footing in France after a brief intermission for the French Revolution. 
In the United States, by contrast, the successful introduction of the practice by Charles Poyen was still 50 years out. So it would be fair to say that animal magnetism came to the United States as a falsehood before it appeared there as a truth. Thus, understanding the minuscule possibility that Joseph Smith actually knew anything about the kind of hypnotism he's described as practicing, Trust in me. I understand a little more why Fawn Brody concluded, well, he must have been doing it unconsciously. Now, this brings up a lot of questions. For Okay, let's just deal with this fact. Whether it was called hypnosis or mesmerism or whatever, the power of suggestion has been around since pretty much time, all right? Using the, the power of suggestion and so on, whether it was called hypnosis, this has been happening for millennia, literally. I mean, you can, I'm, I'm willing to guarantee it that Mesmer didn't invent it and it existed in some form. So whether or not it was called hypnosis or mesmerism or animal magnetism or whatever does not mean Joseph Smith could not have used the power of suggestion. Now, this is something, there's a difference between hypnosis and, and suggestion. Um, and this is actually something that has been suggested and is fairly plausible uh, beyond, besides demonic vision or something to that effect. That the power of suggestion and the power, you know, the fact that, you know, given enough, because the rumors are and so on, is that Joseph forced these men to pray. And then when they didn't see it, he had, they prayed more and then they didn't see it and they prayed more. And ultimately, either you end up at a place where, um, well, that's unfortunate. My telephone is ringing and it's way over there. So I apologize for the phone in the background, but we're going to keep going. So it does not mean that he could not use the power of suggestion and that the power of suggestion caused these men to see what they saw. It didn't have to be called hypnosis or anything like that. It could have been, it literally could have been the power of suggestion, unknowing that, not that he did it unconsciously. He probably had the, if he had the ability, he discovered it at some point in time and honed it. But just because the word didn't exist or this mesmer guy, the power of suggestion has been around forever. For example, Mary Whitmer was visited by an angelic messenger and shown the plates while she was milking the cows. Joseph wasn't near her and she was actually on the verge of kicking him out of their home because he went to skip rocks on his downtime instead of helping out with chores. Some explain her experience away by asserting that it was the result of post-hypnotic suggestion. If we're assuming Joseph's hypnotic power was unconscious, we're assuming that at some point he unconsciously hypnotized Mary Whitmer and then unconsciously suggested to her that milking the cows would be a great time to have a visionary experience. Or what about Emma Smith? She related that the covered plates lay on a small table in their living room in their cabin on her father's farm and she would lift and move them when she swept and dusted the room and furniture. She even thumbed the leaves as one does the leaves of a book, and they rustled with a metallic sound. Faced with these kinds of casual, matter-of-fact witnesses, even Fawn Brody saw that hypnosis wasn't going to cut it. She wrote, perhaps Joseph built some kind of makeshift deception, and thus the plot thickens even further. The grand irony is that many of those who refused to believe the plates existed due to a lack of evidence very quickly turned to other theories that quite noticeably 
lack evidence. There's no evidence that Joseph had the resources, ability, or stealth to secretly forge a set of fake plates. There's no evidence of a mysterious blacksmith lurking behind the curtain that just decided to keep his mouth shut for his entire life. And if Joseph did just tape some tin foil to a brick or something like that, which is also contrary to the evidence, but we'll roll with it, leaving that out in the open covered only by a cloth is probably not the best way to keep a secret. That idea is just the worst. It's also worth noting that many of the witnesses were still alive when these hypnotism theories started to appear. One skeptic suggested to David Whitmer that he had simply been moved upon by some mental disturbance or hallucination, which had deceived him into thinking he saw the plates. David replied, No, sir, I was not under any hallucination, nor was I deceived. I saw with these eyes and heard with these ears. I know whereof I speak. But you are certainly free to believe as you see fit. It's not the first nor the last time people will point at hypnotism to shrug off these kinds of events. In fact, some people, like author Ian Wilson, use the same reasoning to shrug off the miracles of Christ. That's the deal with witness testimony. It's up to you to decide whether you believe it or not. And if you're still trying to decide what you believe about the witnesses of the Book of Mormon, I'd non-hypnotically suggest that you read the book they're all testifying about. And if you want to dive deeper, check out the links and notes in the description, and have a great day. Alright, so, again, I would never use hypnosis as a, a reason behind it. I'm, I lean more towards uh, either he did build a deception, and it doesn't, I mean... That's a, a grand possibility that the Emma's testimony, which would be what a, uh, the false fake deception would be. Um, she never said she said she never uncovered it. She flum thumbed it or whatever under the cover. Apparently she was, you know, a very obedient wife and did not uncover them. I mean, might have been because. Obviously, Joseph Smith was not above threatening her with uh, judgment from God for disobeying him. And uh, so she never actually saw them. She felt them. She felt something um, very well could have been fake. And the the witnesses all claim they saw with the eye of faith. So that leads me to think that it was beyond physical eyes that they saw something um, apparently angelic. And could have been the same thing with, with her. Demonic deception is really where I lean towards on these things because it, it truly is, it, the entire religion is demonic. It is uh, antichrist. It's a false Christ, a false gospel, false God. Um, I mean, their, their, their representation of Satan is even wrong. So it, it's just false all the way around and which, uh, again, Satan doesn't care if you follow a religion. He doesn't care. He just doesn't want you to repent and put your faith in the true Christ that offers salvation. God incarnate, come to the earth, lived a perfect life, died the sinner's death, paid the penalty for your sin and mine, if you would be willing to repent and put your faith in him. Those who don't believe are condemned already. And so thus it, it, it leads to the fact that you can, you can follow after what you think is Christ as long as you're following a false Christ and Satan is supportive of that and that's what he wants because he wants to draw people away from, from Christ. And so my inclination it would never be to argue hypnosis or especially not unconscious hypnosis and those things. So 
this is really not something that I would really think of, that I would think is a, something that is true or valid. Um, I would never use it as an argument in any kind of apologetic. So hopefully this was helpful to you guys. Uh, we'll get back to it. And then tomorrow, uh, sometime tomorrow morning, we will release the False Teacher of the Week uh, number, I think we're at 21 or 22. And, uh, and it's an exciting one tomorrow. So stick around for that uh, or watch out for that. Don't stick around because we're cutting off. So um, again, hopefully this was helpful. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until... Next week, Soli Deo Gloria.